It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. That appeared to be it in Pittsburgh last night for Ben Roethlisberger. Steelers with a 26-14 win over the Browns, but Roethlisberger hanging around, what, 12, 13 minutes, something like that after the game to enjoy the moment, so to speak. Walked off with his family, very emotional, as he plays his final game at Heinz Field. It's Chris Carlin, Harry Douglas, in for Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. My friend, there is the other side of the coin, though, and that is the quarterback on the other sideline, and that's what we're getting into right now. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and all guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Harold Arthur Douglas IV, (laughs) allow me to ask you this question. Is there really any reason whatsoever for the Cleveland Browns to still have faith that Baker Mayfield is their quarterback of the future. The only thing I could think of is that they watch Kings of Comedy and they're living by the hope theory, right? They're trying to hope Baker Mayfield can be whatever they want him to be. But from the looks of last night, I don't know, Baker Mayfield has a long way to go. And I understand he's injured. I understand he's that whole ordeal. But he's out there playing. So if you're out there playing, I expect you to play at a high level. Uh, point blank period and you you see last night um, a lot of things transpired right Baker Mayfield turning the football over Um, he tried to fit a ball in the area where he had an open tight end in Joku he could have just threw it down uh, to the underneath route right there's times where he's holding and patting the football when guys are wide open right there were nine sacks last night by the Pittsburgh Steelers defense some of those sacks Baker Mayfield holding the football too long got to get rid of it now, the, other, the, the rest of those sacks I'm putting on Kevin Stefanski because why are you leaving T.J. Watt one-on-one with anybody, in the, like anybody that, on your offensive line? Because he, he has been the best guy sacking the quarterback this entire season. T.J. Watt had four sacks last night. That's atrocious. That is crazy that you leave a guy like that of that caliber one-on-one with your offensive tackles. The other side of this is that Baker Mayfield, since he's come, coming to the NFL since 2018, he has the most interceptions of anyone, any, any quarterback. That's 56. That's high. That tells me he doesn't value the football. He doesn't know how to take care of the football. And I don't know how the Cleveland Browns expect to win if, you're, if, if at the quarterback position you have those things transpiring. Well, I was also very bothered by Baker Mayfield's comments postgame. We understand that he has had this injury in his non-throwing shoulder all season long, torn labrum. We, we get it. We certainly have heard enough about it. <laughs> but Baker, Baker made sure one more time that everybody knew about it. Take a listen to Baker on his shoulder and if he's going to play this coming week. There's an opportunity to win. I'm an extremely competitive guy. I think you guys know that. Um, now it's time for me to start you know, looking at what's in the best interest for me and my health. Um, you know, I've continued to lay it out on the line when I haven't been healthy uh, and tried to fight for our guys. Uh, and right now, I'm, I'm pretty damn beat up, to be honest with you. There's no way around it. Um, 
I gave it everything I had tonight. Yeah, Baker, does that mean that, that you're looking at not playing next weekend um, now that you guys have been eliminated from the playoffs and get a jump start on rehabilitating that shoulder uh, among the other injuries you've been dealing with? Uh, that, that'll be a discussion we have with you know, my agent and uh, my family, so uh, I don't have that answer for you right now. You know what? I'm I'm so tired of this. I'm so tired of this, Harry. And look, I get it. The view is best from the cheap seats. Yeah. But Baker Mayfield's been hurt all year, but he's also been on the field all year. And I'm so tired of hearing about it because if you're out there, you're out there. We get it, dude. We get it that you're tough. We get it that you're laying it all on the line. But what Baker Mayfield doesn't seem to get is that this is actually the National Football League where shockingly... Business decisions are made based on money and performance. I yeah. know that's a foreign concept, but he has to get that he's not going to get the longer-term contract that he wants this offseason. He has not proven it, even though he went and played injured this year, Harry. Fine. A lot of guys play injured all the time, and you don't yes, hear from do. them about it. Yes, they do. And then... And- I'll tell you, it all boils down to this simple fact. Baker Mayfield has to be better, Chris, at the quarterback position. He he, he has not been good this year uh, for this Cleveland Browns football team. You've seen last night uh, or this season period, he's had a lot of balls batted down, especially last night between T.J. Watt, Cameron Hayward, and other guys. He had a lot of footballs being batted down. And when I, when I, when I was watching that last night, the first person that came to my mind was Mike Tannenbaum and the things that he says about Baker Mayfield. So he's I'm short. literally, uh, yes, he sure hurt that whole nine. He's not athletic enough. And that's all I kept thinking about. But uh, when it all boils, that boils down, Baker Mayfield has to be better at the quarterback position. The most important thing for a quarterback is to take care of the football. If you don't give the football away, you have a chance because they have a run game, a run game that's very efficient. Now, it wasn't that efficient last night, but this entire year it has been. But if you keep giving the football away, then you're decreasing the chances for your team uh, of winning. But I'll say this also. One thing we do know, it wasn't damn Odell Beckham Jr. Let me put that out there. Yeah. Because everybody liked to, hey, Odell, this, is this. No, it wasn't Odell Beckham. It was Baker Mayfield. No, Point blank it, period. It was not Odell, although Odell did check out from the standpoint of, you know, uh, when I'm going to go somewhere else, I'll I'll play a little bit better. I think there is an aspect of that to it. Well, look what he's doing with the Rams. Yeah. Look at the touchdown catches he's, have, he's mm-hmm. having right now. Right? And then you look what he wasn't doing in Cleveland. So that lets me know right there alone that it wasn't Odell. I, it, I, I think that with the situation the Browns are in, the most intriguing part of it is that there is this notion that somehow uh, you have to make a long-term decision now. Harry, why? You, you, you don't. You it, don't. It's, it's $19 million that is guaranteed to Mayfield for next year. Yep. He's going to be the quarterback for the Browns next year. I fully believe that because I don't think there's going to be a better option. And when you spent the number one overall pick on him, and he's sitting there and that money's guaranteed, you made that decision, and I'm not even calling it the wrong decision, but you made that decision, you may as well. You may as well give it one more year and see what happens, and worse comes to worse. He plays great, and you can't work out a long-term deal, you franchise him. Yeah, basically what you're saying is that the Cleveland Browns made their bed, so now they have to lay in it. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't, for the life of me, understand 
why it's such a wrong thing to ask somebody to play out the length of their contract at the beginning. What, wh- why is that so wrong? Why is it automatically assumed that you need to get a longer-term deal or even a, a two- or three-year deal now Look, that's Chris, on a manageable number? I can understand that if they are outplaying that deal, mm-hmm. but that's not the case for Baker Mayfield. He's not outplaying his deal. That, 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 that's, that's obvious. The, the problem is he feels like because he is playing hurt that he deserves it. That's what welcome, it feels like to me. Welcome because, to the National Football League. Yeah. and it, it, I Don't mean, care about your feelings, Baker. I tell me about that. that. Like, did you hear in those comments a guy who's annoyed about the fact that he's getting criticized even though he's playing hurt? Tell him to sit down then. Yeah. Give somebody else opportunity. If you can't play, don't play. My point exactly. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on ESPN2, it's Chris Carlin and Harry Douglas in for the fellas today. 888-729-3776, 888-SAY-ESPN. Coming up, one person believes that the Cincinnati Bengals, despite all their playmakers, cannot make a serious run to the Super Bowl. But uh, who else is on that list? It is coming up next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Chris Carlin, Harry Douglas for Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio and on your smart speaker by saying play ESPN Radio, of course, on ESPN2 as well. Jeff Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst, joining us right now via the Goodyear hotline. Jeff was on Greeny yesterday and said something that, frankly, felt a little bit alarming based off of Sunday's happenings in the NFL. So let's start 
with a little real or not real teams that can make a Super Bowl run. Jeff, with that in mind, we start with the Cincinnati Bengals. They can make a Super Bowl run, real or not real. Not real. And listen, they played a heck of a ball game and give them a ton of credit, man, to, to, to get the win and BFC North champs and all those things. But uh, their offensive line, man, they give up 51 sacks already. Um, and Joe Burrow, man, he's got ice in his veins. There is absolutely no doubt in my mind. Uh, but he's also got ice on his shoulders and his knees and his back because he's getting hit so much. And as much as he has those guys on the outside to make plays, whether it's Chase, Boyd, Higgins, you name it, when you get into playoff football, the teams start to get after that QB, it's going to change things. And so uh, I, I just think from, from that side, it's just going to be too tough to overcome when your offensive line is that leaky. And then really even flip it over to the defensive side. They give up a ton of big plays. And I think that that combination is going to knock them out for the Super Bowl. I'm not trying to knock the Bengals. They have made significant strides. They're in the right place. They're moving in the right direction. But as far as a Super Bowl run, uh, I'm not putting them in that category. Yeah, I'm going to say not real, and they do have a lot of the pieces uh, to, to try to make a run, but that means everything has to go right. But for a lot of people who don't know, Joe Burrow's been sacked 51 times. That's the most in the National Football League. We all seen what happened to Patrick Mahomes yeah. last year when his offensive line wasn't on point. He got sacked over and over again, and the Kansas City Chiefs didn't stand a chance, so I don't think it's real. Okay, my next question, real or not real, you should both do the honorable thing and resign with that opinion. Yes, Chris. Yes, Chris. Yes, we should. <laughs> okay. I'm only there because of what I saw the other day and, and how great that he is playing right now despite what's going on there. But you're right. He does take an awful lot of hits. Jeff Saturday, the Dallas Cowboys can make a Super Bowl run. Real or not real? Not real. Hey, I l listen, when you look at this football team right now, you, you, and you just tell me, turn the tape on, offensively, which we talked about all season, having, you know, that they were going to carry this football team, and really it's been the opposite. They're not explosive, and they're not physical. So what are they? I mean, you know, you, you think of a football team where uh, their pass, uh, pass pro win rate is down in the 20s, which means they're the 23rd best team in protecting Dak Prescott. They're ranked number seven in run pass rate, but they're 31st in how often they choose to run it. Like, things just don't mix and match well with the Cowboys right now. And when they were at their prime and they were kicking people's butt and doing all those things, they were ranked first in the league and rushing the football for those six or seven weeks. They had played it. This team has lost their identity with uh, Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott and, and thinking they're going to spread it around and throw the ball around. It just doesn't fit, uh, and their defense has to be opportunistic. So I, I don't think they're going to have a chance to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't think it's real either because if this offense starts to sputtering like, like we've seen of late, um, minus the Washington football game, they tricked us all. Trust me, they tricked us. Yeah. Minus, that, minus that game, I think you, you're going to be going against people like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, uh, Matthew Stafford, if he can stop throwing interceptions himself. But I, I don't think this team right now is hitting in the right, heading in the right direction. They aren't hitting on all cylinders. You've seen the game against the, the Arizona Cardinals. You've seen a lot of different things transpire in that game and not in a good way, so not real. And the head coach is a problem when it comes to big situations with handling the time in the right way. When you have all of that being the case, and then you add that in, you don't have any room for error. It is absolutely not real. Agreed with both of you. How about the San Francisco 49ers, Jeff Saturday? They can make a Super Bowl run, real or not real? 
Uh, not, not real. I mean, I, it, listen, we, I mean, we just talked about it, and Harry said it best, man. When you're talking about Tampa, you're talking about Green Bay and going through Green Bay, um, I, I just don't see that being something they can attain. Jimmy G, if he can get back with the thumb, you know, does it put them in a better opportunity to win? I, look, I love the way they play. I love the physicality they play with. Uh, but, but I just don't see them being able to hold, you know, kind of hold serve against the best of the best in the NFC. Uh, so I'm going to say that's not real. Um, I'm going to say not real, but I will say I think the San Francisco 49ers is a dangerous team uh, to match up with in the NFC Absolutely. because they bring that physicality. But you have the question marks at the quarterback position. Is Trey Lance going to be able to be that guy? Is Jimmy G going to be able to come back? But then you look at the back end of the San Francisco defense. They haven't been good. So um, a lot of different things there that they're trying to work through. So I'm going to say not real. How about the Arizona Cardinals? It's Chris Carlin and, of course, Harry Douglas in for Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. They're coming off that huge win, Jeff, Saturday against the Dallas Cowboys for the Cardinals when they really needed it the most so they can put it together and make a Super Bowl run, real or not real. I would say only real with Hopkins. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the Hopkins injury to me takes me off of them and says it's not real. If somehow he could get back or play uh, and be effective, then you'd probably put them up in there. Um, it, it was a huge win for them. And I, honestly, I think the win against the Cowboys might be a, a organizational, um, you know, kind of defining moment. That was a huge deal for Kingsbury and, the, you know, the skid they were on to go down there and win uh, and, and really play as well as they did. I thought they played a very good football game in totality. So they were physical. I like that part of them. Hopkins, the injury to him just makes this, uh, can, they, can they upset one of the best? I just don't see it with without Hopkins. With him, it would be a different conversation, in my opinion. This Arizona Cardinals football team, the way they played uh, before this Dallas Cowboys team, I would have said not real. But seeing the way they uh, they played and went out there and performed and seeing Buda Baker and him being all over the football field, Isaiah Simmons stepped up. Kyler Murray took care of the football. Other guys made plays. They made plays. That's the key. They made plays. And this offensive line only allowed one sack by the Dallas Cowboys. If they play that way with Hopkins, like Jeff just, just mentioned, I think it's real. It's finally good to see if Hopkins can get involved here because they have not been able to capitalize on his presence nearly enough. The Tennessee Titans, Jeff, Saturday can make a Super Bowl run real or not real. Real, very real. Listen, this this football team has beaten the most playoff teams of any team in the NFL, being six. You think about the the, the Chiefs um, and, and what these teams have done, man. Like in comparison, the, the the Titans have beat the best of the best, and they continue to do so. And we don't talk about them. We don't act like they're you know the type of team that can do it. But man, Mike Vrabel has this team going, even without Derrick Henry. And now they're talking about. The potential of Derrick Henry being back, man, absolutely. This is a team that's, that, that can dominate on both fronts, offense and defensive line. And when you get into that style of football in, in cold weather, in bad weather, in those type of things, uh, and with the week off, I would say it's definitely real. You already know what I'm going to say, Chris Carlin. This is 100% real in my book. My book. And I'm just going to say this. Titans! Ah-oo! <laughs> Strong argument, <laughs> cogent, well put. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, I'm on board with you, and I love their physicality, and I feel like that's one of those teams that nobody pays attention to, but they really need to be paying a whole lot more attention. It feels like, frankly, 
that a lot of us just checked out when Derrick Henry went down. And when we weren't looking, the Titans have strung it together and have been fantastic. Jeff, Saturday, the New England Patriots can make a Super Bowl run, real or not real. I don't think that one's real, Chris. I, listen, with with a rookie QB never being done, uh, they they need everything. And look, as much as I love Bill Belichick, his ability to get the most out of his football teams, which we know he is the best of the best in doing that, uh, they, everything has to go perfect for them. They, it has to be in line. Uh, there can be no mistakes made. They need to play with elite. And there's so many boxes that need to be checked. I think it becomes difficult, uh, in my opinion, for them to get to, to get to the Super Bowl. Again, team, to, to me, this is like the Cincinnati Bengals. Everything's headed in the right direction. They're ascending. They're a playoff team. They're all of those things. The Super Bowl is a little bit different, in my opinion. I don't quite think they're there yet. Yeah, I don't think this is real. The simple fact that you look at the skill position players, right? If they get down, who's going to be the guy that they go to they can count on to make these plays to get them to come back in that football right. game? And if they're not playing ahead, we, we have seen that this team can't come back and win a football game. So I, I think this is not real. I don't buy it either. I, I do think at some point Mac Jones is going to be asked to go make some plays to win the game. And I don't know that he is there yet. I, I really don't believe in that. I think that this is not real. This is an interesting one to me. The Buffalo Bills can make a Super Bowl run. Real or not real, Jeff Saturday? I'm going to say real here. Uh, listen, if they, if, they, if they get hot and can play and Josh Allen can play uh, inspired football, similar to how he did against the Patriots a few weeks ago. With the, with the ability for him to run the ball, uh, he did not play well against the Falcons. You know, I, I get that he ran some rush, but he, I, I think he, he turned it over three times. I think he did three, three interceptions. Um, but as a football team, you know, can they catch and, and get hot and do the right things? I think he can. Uh, they're, they're, the, they're the edge for me uh, in the AFC, you know, but, but I think it's possible um, if Josh Allen plays inspired football and the type that we know he's capable of, but, but it's tough to sustain throughout the entire playoff run. Yeah, I think this is real. You look at this um, Bills football team just a year removed from the AFC Championship game where you've seen a little mistakes here and there from their quarterback, Josh Allen. A couple of those things turned a different way, and that game could be going a different way as well. So uh, he he didn't play a good game against that, uh, the Atlanta Falcons. I watched that in, entire game about three times already, and he, he just threw some bad balls and made some, some, some difficult decisions. But his legs gave the Bills offense an opportunity. But you look at the weapons that he has offensively to keep up with a Kansas City Chiefs, to keep up with a Cincinnati Bengals if they decided they want to make a little run. So I, I'll say the Bills is real. I think it's real, too. Allen has to play more at that MVP level like you're talking about, but maybe having won three in a row here, they're starting to quietly round it into form where we would have all expected them to be. All right, we've got two more, Jeff. The Indianapolis Colts, your former team, can make a Super Bowl run real or not real? And you know this. Come on, <laughs> I'm like Harry right now, man. We, you know it. I'm going to be full-on <laughs> homer right here, man. Listen, if 
If, if uh, you know, I think they have an MVP candidate, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, they got they got a very good offensive line. They got a good defense. It's all going to depend on Carson Wentz. Can he make the plays? Even if you look at the Raiders game, he misses a wide open. Uh, Wentz misses a wide open. Uh, T.Y. Hilton run up the seam. I mean, run up the sideline uh, on a little scissors route. There's just things that if he can make those plays. Uh, and I think he's played well this season. I mean, he's had a couple of games against the Titans that were ugly. But other than that, the guy's been pretty decent. Uh, if he plays decent, they have a shot at making the Super Bowl for sure. I'm going to go not real, Jeff, only because of Carson Wentz. Not only did he miss T.Y. Hilton on that route down the sidelines, he threw a jump ball that should have got intercepted. That gave them a touchdown. And if that ball yeah. would have got intercepted, we would have been tearing him up on Sports Center, on Keyshawn J. Will and Max, on First Take, on Get Up. So <laughs> all, 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 on every platform, Carson Wentz would have been tore up. And then you see the decisions that he made against the Titans, right, the last time they played. The one right before um, overtime and then in overtime, the two interceptions, one of them for a pick six. So I think if you have to lean on the shoulders of Carson Wentz, I don't think it's going to be good for the, for the Colts. Okay, last one. Just Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst, the Philadelphia Eagles can make a Super Bowl run, real or not real? Uh, I don't think it's real. I, although it's one of my favorite stories of the NFL season, the run game, and you know I'm all about some run games. So uh, Sirianni's done a heck of a job getting that right. Uh, Jalen Hurts, man, and, and this this offense – they produce. It doesn't matter which running backs back there. Uh, they, they're putting out numbers. They have extreme. Uh, they, they got great creativity in their offensive run game. But again, I, at some point, you're going to have to use the other phase of your football team and football game. Uh, and I don't think they can stick up with with that. Um, and, and so I, I'll say they're they're a great story. They're ascending, but not quite a Super Bowl team yet. Yeah, even though this team has what you want in the trenches, offensive line and defensive line, I don't think it's real, right? Uh, I don't think the pass game is hitting on the cylinders it, need to be, it needs to be hitting on, especially in the NFC. You have to be able to throw that football and scope, score points, and I don't think the, 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 the Philadelphia Eagles yeah. will be able to score enough to beat some of these top teams. Uh, Jeff, excellent stuff as usual. We appreciate it, man. Thanks. Appreciate it, fellas. Y'all have a great day. Absolutely. Jeff Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, ESPN2. Chris Carlin, Harry Douglas in for the fellas. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. And we just mentioned that we believe the Cowboys, they're not real to make a Super Bowl <laughs> run. We're going to tell you what is holding them back. Harry, I have believed all year that the Cowboys are overrated. Why? Because history tells me they are. It's Chris Carlin and Harry Douglas in for Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. And the Cowboys are showing us that very notion when they go out the other day against a team like the Arizona Cardinals and lose in the fashion that they did. Not that the Cardinals aren't a very good team. They are a very good team. But let's be fair. They have not been the same team in the second half of the year that they were in the first half. And if you're a team primed and ready to make a Super Bowl run, playing like this is not going to get you there. No, I don't think so at all. And, Chris, I, I got I to state the obvious. When you look at this Dallas Cowboys football team, they are the most penalized team in the NFL right now with 122 penalties. That's 7.6 uh, penalties per game. They're the most penalized team in the National Football League. Now you throw, in, you throw into that factor and you add in offensively. 
they're not hitting on all cylinders. The run game isn't flowing. The offensive line in the run game isn't flowing. And then you look at Dak, you look at some of the plays in this game against the Arizona Cardinals, there are some misreads on routes. There are some missed throws. Um, you had some drop balls by different guys. And then you see defensively, if this team isn't getting sacks, if this team isn't getting turnovers, then I, I, don't, I don't really know what they are. And then on top of that, defenses – offenses of the opposing team have figured out who the fish is on that defense in that secondary. So I think this defense plays entirely mm. too much man coverage, and that fish is Anthony Brown. Anthony Brown is that fish, and, and they're starting to go at him. They're double-moving Trayvon Diggs. Um, I, think, I just think it's so much unknown right now with the Dallas Cowboys and the way they're playing. Yeah, I was about to say, Anthony Brown's the fish, but there's another fish, and it is Trayvon Diggs. And look, nobody's arguing with the interception numbers. But as you pointed out before the show, and it's sometimes the, the things that just kind of escape us are right in front of their face, you get that many interceptions because teams are not afraid to throw at you. And he's given up over 1,000 yards this season. Double-digit interceptions, awesome. Good for you, bro. At the same time, there's not enough to suggest that he's doing anything that would – um, go beyond just going for the interception all the time as opposed to uh, playing straight up if they are so willing to go after you as much as they are. Well, I'll, I'll say this. When you look at some of the top corners uh, throughout the National Football League in the history, a lot of those guys can sit in front of you, play man press coverage, and be aggressive um, and, and still cover you. And you see the opposing team quarterbacks, they're scared to throw at you. That's not Trayvon Diggs. He's not that type of guy. He doesn't want to be physical with you at the line of scrimmage. He's the type of corner uh, that is, if, if he's in press coverage, he may take a stab at you here and there, but he wants to mirror you because he has those ball skills, can get in and out of breaks just like a receiver. He's a, he's a DB that was uh, – he was a receiver converted to, to a DB at the University of Alabama when he played for Nick Saban. And then uh, I think he just has the ball skills to, to intercept footballs and then he jumps route. So going into a game, you've seen A.J. Green, they double-moved him. I know their receiver coach, Sean Jefferson, very well for the Arizona Cardinals, and I know that's something that he, he looked at like, hey, we got to double-move this guy because he's going to jump any and everything we throw at him. He's going to take the bait. Now, there's some good to it. There's some bad to it. The good to it is that you can get interceptions when you jump routes. The bad to it is that teams are going to throw at you and they know going into a football game, hey, we can get them. And I think Bill Belichick um, – and that offense was the first team to actually take shots at him. Because I remember being at the Dallas Cowboys in the, in the Philadelphia Eagles game in Dallas, right? And that, that, that six-yard quick out that he picked off uh, on, on Devontae Smith, I immediately said, if I'm Philly, I'm coming back and I'm double-moving him. It, it took all the way up to the, to the New England game for a team to, uh, to, to finally double-move him. And New England did it at the right time. Dallas ended up winning that game. But I'm just saying this – it's just, I don't know, if, if you have a, a top corner, you don't, you don't see teams normally going at him that much, but they're going at him because he bites and jumps on so many routes. Keyshawn J. Willard-Max on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Chris Carlin, Harry Douglas in for the fellas today. Here was Dan Orlovsky yesterday with you and Alan Hahn in for the guys on why the Cowboys are not that good in his opinion. I don't think there's a single part of the Dallas Cowboys that I trust. Honestly, I really don't. I think yesterday their stars did not play like stars in critical moments. I saw drops by Zeke Pollard or Zeke and Tony Pollard. I saw missed throws on third down by Dak Prescott. I saw massive penalties. I saw missed blocks by their offense. 
I saw their quarter, their star cornerback get beat on a double move. So I think their stars didn't play like stars in critical moments. And then I think they have very little discipline in critical moments. I counted eight penalties. Eight penalties in critical moments yesterday. Absolutely brutal. When that is the number in those situations. And then there's the head coach. I, we have been critical of Mike McCarthy. A lot of people have, but justifiably so. Like almost literally chapter and verse, there is a list of situations where he has been bad. In fact, our, one of our producers, Evan Wilner, uh, said this yesterday uh, with pointing out week two, Chargers, let's time tick off the clock. None of his coaches could see the clocks. Week three, Eagles up 20 to seven at the end of the half. Let's a minute and 20 seconds run off the clock. Week six, week 15, week 17. At some point when that is your trend, your head coach is hurting you. He is not even not helping you. He's not even neutral. He is hurting you, Harry. Hey, Chris, you want to know another thing I was taught to um, on talking on the level of the, the penalties and the Dallas Cowboys leading the National Football League right now? I was always taught either it's being coached that way or the head coach is allowing it to happen, mm. right? For them to be the number one team in penalties right now, uh, that, 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 is, that is terrible. And it either – Mike McCarthy's coaching it that way, or he's allowing it to continue on. But they better get it fixed. Look, I don't think they will. I, I fully believe the Cowboys will be an early or second round exit. I could absolutely see that being the case. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio, on your smart speaker by saying play ESPN Radio. Tweet us on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. Which playoff team? Do you trust the least to win the Super Bowl? You can also hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Up next, why Nick Saban doesn't think that expanding the college football playoff is a good thing. We hear from the Alabama head coach and one of his former quarterbacks in moments. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Under a week away from the national championship. Chris Carlin and Harry Douglas in for Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, and on your smart speaker in addition to the ESPN app. And in just a minute, we're going to welcome in a former Alabama quarterback, Mr. Greg McElroy, to discuss the uh, situation with an expanded playoff. But let's hear first from his former head coach, Nick Saban, 
on the idea of college football playoff expansion. If this is the best four teams and they played each other, I, I don't see the logic. And if we had more teams, there would be better games. I, I, I don't, I don't know how that adds up, but I, I, I don't, I, I'm really not in position to answer that. You know, there's, there's a lot of other good teams that whether it was their consistency and performance or whatever happened to them in championship games or whatever, that may have had the opportunity to get in the playoffs that didn't. I'm not the one that needs to be deciding what the playoff needs to be. There's a lot of good people out there that can make a decision as to what's best for college football. But the more we expand the playoffs, the more we minimize bowl games, the importance of bowl games, which, you know, I said when we went to four. So I don't think that's changed. And I think it's also come to fruition. So with that in mind, we welcome in Greg McElroy, ESPN College Football Analyst, with us on the Goodyear Hotline, brought to you by Goodyear. College football is winding down, and Goodyear knows the passion it takes to drive every game forward, whether your team's home or away, the traditions that bring us together. Greg, it's Chris Carlin and Harry Douglas. We appreciate a few minutes. So what was your reaction to Nick Saban's comments there? Well, good to be with you guys. Good morning. And uh, I honestly think that he's right on the button. Expanding the playoffs is not going to necessarily lead to more competitive games. And the thing that I think is a little bit of a misconception, while I also acknowledge that we will expand, that's, that's inevitable. We need to just acknowledge that. So if you're fighting against expansion, you're fighting a losing battle. But it doesn't necessarily mean that all of a sudden we're going to start crowning different champions. It doesn't mean that there's going to be more parity. It means the exact same teams are going to be in the position on Monday as they would be if there was a 16-team playoff, 32-team playoff. The two best teams in college football are the two best teams in college football this year. Now, there might be some years where there's three great teams. might be some years where there's only one great team. But I think the, there's a big misconception that people think expansion is going to lead to parity, and, and I find that to be really, really optimistic and, and honestly completely untrue. Greg, I want to shift things to the national championship. Alabama is a three-point underdog. Do you agree with that? Uh, I mean, not based on what we saw a couple weeks ago. Um, when they played the first time around, I liked Georgia to win the game. Uh, I thought Georgia was the more complete team. I thought Georgia, the way they could defend, made Alabama would make Alabama really uncomfortable in the trenches, and I thought they could affect Bryce Young. They did that to everybody this year, and obviously that – really never came to fruition. I mean, Bryce played great, secured the Heisman that day, offensive line held up, and the wide receivers were consistently able to create some big plays. So uh, I think that Alabama, if they're a slight dog, it's because they were a dog beforehand. They were a seven-point dog last time. Now they're only a three. So um, obviously Vegas has adjusted, but Vegas feels clearly on a neutral field like they were last time that George is the more superior group. But he also got to take it too, Harry, with, with a little bit of a grain of salt. I mean, anytime it opens as a two and a half point dog, I learned this working on the daily wager the last few weeks, a few months, excuse me. Anytime it's two and a half, Vegas is actually leaning a little bit towards the underdog, begging you to take the favorite. Uh, and because they're giving you that football number at three, giving that away. So I don't know if I learned a whole lot from the spread, but if I'm Bama, I'm certainly happy that I'm an underdog because I can use that motivation this week. It's not often when it happens when you beat another team by 17 and a few weeks later, you're going to be an underdog. (laughs) Greg McElroy, ESPN college football analyst, joining us on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. All right, Greg, if you're Alabama, what is the matchup that most concerns you in this game? If you're Alabama, the matchup is probably 
the defensive line going against the offensive line still. While you held up nicely last time around, uh, I have a feeling that Georgia defensive line is probably going to be a little bit more frustrated than they were last time around because this group, uh, and they were tenacious against Michigan. I mean, just completely took over the game. And I would think that they have the chance to do that again, knowing that Alabama might be at less than full strength along the offensive line. Two offensive linemen for Alabama went down last weekend, and that was their right guard and their right tackle. Now, are they going to be available? I don't know. We haven't found anything out about their availability or their status. And to be honest with you, the right side of the offensive line has been a little bit of a liability this year. So that would still be the group that would give me some sleepless nights. Uh, That defensive line scares anybody, though. Uh, Alabama did a great job of neutralizing it last time, but to think you can neutralize it again might might be wishful thinking. Greg, when I looked at this Alabama football team, offensively especially, some of the things that gave them problems in games, I would say Texas A&M, Auburn, LSU, um, Florida towards the, the, the second half of that game. And one of the things that stood out to me was defensively, one of the things they started doing on third and short, third and longs was bringing those linebackers at the line of scrimmage, right? Trying to create confusion on that offensive line. Sometimes bringing those guys, sometimes belling them and bringing blitzes from depth. You see all those teams have success doing that. Do you see Kirby Smart uh, taking a page out of those teams' book and blitzing more guys so Bryce Young doesn't have as much time this time around? You know, I don't know if I would blitz against Bryce. Bryce is one of the best quarterbacks I've seen at the college level under pressure. I mean, he's got answers. You know what I mean? Like, he can work his hot. And for a second-year player, like, if there's unblocked guys, like, he'll get the ball out of his hands quickly. Uh, He'll drift a little bit off his spot away from an unblocked defender just to buy a little more time so the receiver can separate and stem. You know, I think that there's some things that Bryce does that are so instinctive. It's, it's very difficult, I think, to get to him. So I would not bring additional defenders, maybe occasionally mix it up, but no, I would not be a huge part of my plan if I were going against him. Cause that's what he, he thrives against, the, against pressure and, and against the blitz. And that's when you become vulnerable as a defense, when the quarterback knows how to answer against it. So how, how, do you, how do you contain Bryce Young from having the game that he had in the SEC championship? I think you have to layer your pressures. Like, I think that's the biggest thing uh, is you have to get your defensive line on different levels because Bryce can beat you. Like, he'll escape vertical right towards the line of scrimmage, and he'll escape horizontal right out of the back of the pocket. Uh, so I think you got to have every single one of your defensive linemen that's rushing the passer, they all have to be at different levels. And they all have to know exactly where Bryce is at any moment because he could take off and make you pay with his legs. G-Sean, J-Will, and Max, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.